Hey everybody, this is Justin Michael Williams with Motivation for Black People, giving you trusted guidance to make your life better. That's unapologetically black. And today's episode, you guys, I have a great friend of mine on the line who we're interviewing today, Delon Birdside. Delon, say what's up, man. What's up, what's up, what's up, black people? Yeah, so let me let me tell you guys about DeLon. I'm going to brag about this guy for a minute here and tell you why we're on this episode. So DeLon, if you haven't seen him all over the place, all over the internet, all over your TV screens, he is the star of Ryan Murphy's Pose on FX. He's also been on Broadway's Holler If You Hear Me. He's been on NBC's Peter Pan Live. This man's done some amazing things, but I have to say, this is your first time, right, DeLon, being on like a major network show that's on weekly. That's the first time this has happened, right? Yeah, this is absolutely the first time. So what I want to really get into with this episode for everybody listening, because I know there's so many people listening who are budding artists who have been on the grind, who've been really working hard to try to make their dreams come true. And really, honestly, Delon, to get to this place that this door that you've now opened, you know, for yourself. And so I want to talk and like have a real ass conversation about what's this journey been like? What's it like now that you're, you know, on TV? What things have changed? What can people expect so they can get a peek inside what it's like to you know, have that moment. That's kind of like the first big break stepping stone. And so for everybody listening, this is going to be really just a beautiful opportunity for you to hear from somebody who's one of us, who is breaking down barriers, who's on a show right now. Um, and we're going to have a nice little conversation for the next about 20 or 30 minutes about that. So Delon, thank you for being with us. Yes. Thank you for having me. This is dope, man. I, you know, just in talking about the journey, um, it's, I had a lot of family and friends, you know, they were the first ones. My family and friends were the first ones to know about this before it actually was, you know, released by, you know, all of the, the, the publications saying mm-hmm. that, you know, and then announcing the cast. Um, and whenever I, whenever I talk to family and friends about projects, they're always like, well, can you be a little bit more excited? Or, you know, <laughs> when, I, when, when he told me about, when they told me about this, they're like, well, how do you feel? I was like, I feel great. But, you know, there's all, they're always expecting like this really um, grand display of emotion um, about, you know, finding out something like this. But the interesting thing for me is that like, I feel like, I have always known that this is what I was supposed to do. Mm. And so everything just feels like the next step to, uh, the next step in fulfilling my purpose. Mm. Uh, it's like pushing the, pushing boundaries with the work that I do. And so I, I just, from the inception, from the beginning of finding out, you know, I was very just kind of like, centered and grounded about it which was really odd to me honestly at first as well because i i also thought i should probably be a little bit more excited about this <laughs> um but it wasn't until like the week of our new york premiere um and we were already like had been filming for months we were i think about we were in the middle of shooting episode six when we had our new york premiere of the first episode uh, where all the press and everybody came out to see it um And that week I was lying in bed and like, it just hit me Mm. and the tears just started running down my face. And I was just like, this thing is really happening right now and people are going to see it. And this may change things in my life. I don't know what that means yet, but this is probably going to change my life. Um, 
so I, I remember telling Ryan Murphy about it. And I was like, I, I had this moment where like, I, I felt the, the magnitude of all of this. And he was like, well, just buckle in because you're about to be a huge star. Wow. Uh, and you know, the, the things that have changed, I guess it's like, you know, when I go in for auditions now, I, there is a different expectation. The conversation is a little bit different. You know, people, I might walk in the room and the first thing a director will say to me now is, I saw your show last night. It was great, you know, which is, which is different. Whereas it's like I, before I walked in the room and it, it was like, I kind of felt like I had to prove myself in one way. Now I feel like I have to prove myself in a completely different way because there are these expectations that are set up because they've seen me on TV. Mm. Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit before we got on the podcast. And is it is does it kind of feel like it changes your experience of yourself as an actor going on to your next auditions and the next things that you're doing as well? Absolutely. It forces me to be the person who I know in my mind that I am, that I may not necessarily be stepping into fully in in my daily life. And so, like, it forces me to up my level and 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 say, okay this is actually who I am. And so not only do, are they expecting me to be this person, but now I have to like fully own that I am this person and I have this power in my gift and I need to use it accordingly. Mm. And it's like really taking responsibility for, for the gift. You know what I mean? And, and I f- sometimes I feel like when we say we're taking responsibility for it and really owning it, there's a part of it that's like, yes, I'm like owning my power. And there's a part of it that goes, oh shit, I actually have to work harder. Like I have exactly. to learn more, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And that's uncomfortable because, you know, before when you're an actor who's trying to, trying to get on and you're trying to get to this place where you have you know, a series regular role on a Ryan Murphy series on FX. It's like, before you get to that place, it's like, yeah, the stakes are high because your bills need to be paid. Right. (laughs) In terms of like, and so you're, you're working to get better so that you can get that opportunity. But once you get that opportunity, it's like, there's no going back. You have to stay at, you have to continue to operate at a certain level and then figure out how to get to the next place. And that is like where you come up against, uh, things that are difficult, you know, it's like you, especially within the context of a show like this, where, you know, you, you've been, you've been catered to or pampered in certain ways on set. You are accustomed to like, you know, eating all all these meals all day and everything's taken care of and you have the car picking you up and it's just like all these wonderful things. Of course, the work part of it is hard and you're there 16 hour days, but there's a lot of other things that make you feel great. And then once the show ends, it's like, oh, there, I still have to work. Right. I still like, and not only do I have to work, I have to work harder than I ever did before because the things that I, that I want to do and the things that are coming my way, the opportunities, they're bigger opportunities than have ever come my way before. So it's forcing me to level up. Mm, and it's like, you have to grow, even though these bigger opportunities are coming, it's like that, that alignment of opportunity and preparation still have to come together. It's like you, like you said, you have to level up to be able to actually take advantage of or show up for these new opportunities. It's not like they just land in your lap just because they're there. Absolutely. It's like, just cause you're on a Ryan Murphy show, you still got to prove why you're on that show. Right. <laughs> I mean, I still gotta, I still gotta do the work, but it's also the exciting thing. It's like, you know, you get to take on, uh, you get to take on projects that are like, 
super exciting and that, that, that make you feel like the work is meaningful. So, yeah. And for everybody who is, you know, who may is, who may have not seen pose yet, which if you have not seen the show, you guys, I'm serious. I'm not just saying this. I've, this show is groundbreaking, incredible. Like first and foremost, I think Dylan, this is true, right? It's the largest transgender cast that's ever been cast on a television show ever. Right. Absolutely. In series, regular roles. And, you know, we also have the largest, uh, cast and crew of lgbtq folks in the history of television as well that's what it's all about and so for people who don't know about it um can you tell people just a little synopsis of like what the show is about because i know for me like i've always known about ballroom culture and obviously being a gay black man i've I've heard about and i have experienced people who've experienced it but i watching the show for me i actually was shocked because i didn't know that i i didn't really know what it all was until i watched the show so can you give people who haven't seen it yet a little summary of what what this is all about and why it's important Absolutely. It's about people who are uh, seeking safe space in the world um, and they're unable to find safe space because of what the world has deemed to be other, um, their queerness, their transness. And, and they are because they are unable to find a safe space in the world, they have created safe spaces for themselves to exist and to thrive. And that's the ballroom culture, the ballroom scene. It's an underground nightlife Um, that is rooted in uh, pageantry and that's rooted in community and folks uh, creating families for themselves when their families, their biological families have ostracized them. And so they compete in uh, these balls um, in Harlem and in the 80s. The show is set in, it starts in 1987. Um, And the the entire community is uh, kind of coming together around these these events, these balls. A whole subculture is created, um, and it gives people purpose. Yeah, uh, uh, and it's a really beautiful thing. You know, I didn't know very much about the ballroom scene at all before working on this this show. Like, I didn't know. Uh, people who were a part of it, or if I did know people who were a part of it, I didn't know that they were a part of it. Um, I had seen Paris's Burning uh, maybe once or twice, um, but that was like my only interaction with the ballroom scene. And so uh, when this when this project came my way, it was like, okay, I I don't know anything about this, but this world seems really exciting and fresh and, and something I've never seen on television before. I remember reading the script and feeling like, you know, at first I was scared of it. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know if I'm right for, for this project, that this project is right for me. Um, but after, and that was like initially just reading the breakdown and reading the, the audition scene. But after I read the script, a day later, the script was, it had stuck with me. And I was like, I wanted to see this world on television. And I wanted to meet these characters. And I was like, I absolutely have to audition for this. I need to be a part of this. That's amazing. And can you tell us now, now this is even just selfishly for me, like, 
I've never been on the set of a TV show. You know what I mean? I'm sure lots of people, uh, you know, I've been to like the voice taping or, you know, like one little thing. But like, what is it like being on set? Like, talk to me about what the actual experience is like for you, your first time being a series regular on a show. Like, what's the work ethic like? What are the days like? What's hard about it? What's fun about it? Like, give us uh, the inside scoop of, of what that's like so people really know who are working towards this, like what they are actually getting themselves into, you know? Absolutely. So uh, how we were talking about how you have to level up. Yeah. I just want to say like my very first day on set, that was like my reality. I have to level up right now. Like I have to be the person who I, who I think I am. I have to step in those shoes and say, put, put on my big boy pants and say, this is who I am and own it. Because, you know, there was no, there was no rehearsal. There was no table read before I got there on day one. Ryan Murphy was there directing and there were like 50 people, uh, camera people and folks that were working on the show in the crew. Um, and it was just a two person scene and like mm. everybody is there with like cranes. We, 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 our first scene we sh- shot was on, um, on the pier. And so it was like uh, a scene between Ricky and Damon. Um, and like, it was completely mind blowing. I was like, where am I? What have I gotten myself into? <laughs> I am, you know, and it's like one of those moments where you either sink or swim. Um, and so that was my first day and it was like freezing outside. It was in the middle of November in New York. So it was cold outside. We were on the water. Um, and I, I walked onto the pier and Ryan Murphy came over and he gave me a hug and he said, welcome. I'm glad you're here with us. And I was like, I'm glad to be here. He, then he turned around and he was like, okay, people, let's go. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, We're, we, are, we are in it. We're off to the races. Um, and that was a 16-hour day. Um, and so it was like, you know, lots of stops and starts, do this, do that. Okay, I like that. I don't like that. Let's try it again put your hand here. Like it was just, it was a way, it was a way of working that I had never experienced before. Um, and again, like I said, there were a lot of of people around who had a million other jobs that I knew very little about because this is my first time being on a set like this. Um, you know, people coming up to me, asking me, you know, the props coming up, asking me, do you want to, do you want to have a cigarette here? Or what do you want? You know, like figuring out how to communicate with those folks. And then you have folks coming over and asking you, if you know, bringing you coats and all kinds of things, costume people coming over, hair people coming over to fix your hair in between takes. It was completely overwhelming. (laughs) Um, Overwhelming sounds like a good word. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My first day, my first day was absolutely overwhelming. Um, and then I came back the next day and after I went home to meditate and pray and, and put my stuff together, um, I was like, what were you feeling when you went home that day, like that night when it was all over, did you feel like, okay, I got this. Or did you feel like, oh shit. Like what, what was your actual like feeling? If you remember, I was like, I hope they asked me to come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just the real thing. Like I didn't. Because the other thing, too, is you have no way of gauging what your work is like, you know, other than what is being told to you. Um, and so for meeting all these people that for the first time, I don't know how they communicate. I don't know if, 
you know, what they, if they are actually, if them not saying anything means that I'm doing well, or if them not saying anything means I'm not, you know what I mean? It's like trying to figure all of that out. You know, when you're performing on stage, you have the immediate response of the audience. And so coming from the theater, I'm accustomed to having that kind of, uh, response or validation or, 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 or letting me know that I need to do something different in my performance if the audience isn't responding. But on a television set, you are kind of acting in a vacuum. Um, it's you and your scene partner or partners and there's the camera there. And so you, I don't know how it's reading unless I ask, but I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable enough to ask Ryan Murphy, um, yeah. do I suck? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> is it, is it working? I, you know, I wanted to just like be as, um, you know, not needy as possible. Yeah. Um, and just like, let him come to me and tell me what he needed to tell me when he, when he needed to. And so going home that night, I was completely nervous and like, not sure if I was doing well. And it wasn't, and I felt that way for like, you know, the first, the, I, my character shows up in episode two. And so I think I probably felt that way every day that I was on set for episode two, it wasn't until coming back for episode three. And after, um, everyone had seen the edit, the first edit of episode two and getting feedback from the producers and from Mr. Ryan Murphy himself and everybody telling me how, how, how proud of me they were. And, how much they enjoyed the work that I was doing. Um, it wasn't until then that I was able to kind of like rest in it a little bit more. Yeah. And be like, okay, maybe I do know what I'm doing and my training has paid off. (laughs) Yeah, dude. No. And I think it's like so interesting to hear that because it's even, it's like when you get to this moment, right. Of, of doing something new and leveling up, it's not like your inner critic goes away, right. That inner critic of like, am I good enough for this? Am I going to make this? And it's like, I think that shows up for all of us when we're doing something new, you know? Absolutely. It's like, and I think if you are not asking yourself those questions, then something probably isn't right. Like, I think we all should be asking ourselves the questions of like, we should be concerned about if we're doing well. You know, I, I think we can't allow that to cripple us, but I think that that part of us that that is asking that question is the part of us that also forces us to level up, you know? Mm. What did you do to, like, not let that take over? Because I know I can imagine in the moment it's, like, in between, like, you have to be in the moment of the scene, but then you're also wondering, am I doing good? They're being really quiet. Oh, my God, what is this? Is this good? Is that good? You know, like, how did you not let that kind of take over your experience? It was really hard. I had to find things to ground myself in. So like, you know, whenever I could, I'm one, I'm the type of person that really uh, needs to find solitude. Solitude really helps me to get really in touch with myself and my feelings and um, solitude's just great for me. So finding little quiet time to go away to my trailer and like just meditate or listen to music or do something to kind of quiet my thoughts, you know, in between takes finding moments of levity where I could just like find joy and dance and, 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 uh, my castmate Ryan Jamal Swain, who plays Damon in the show, he and I, um, kind of became fast friends when we started working on this. So like he and I would just joke and like find things to, 
to do that kept us like not thinking about those things. Those kinds of things helped me to just stay present and in the moment. Um, also like meeting the new people on set and trying to build relationships with them um, took my mind off of like all of the other things that were going on internally and just kept me really present and in the moment. The more I could stay present and in the moment, the harder it was for me to get very cerebral and in my head about what I was doing because, you know, being present is the key. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think just switching gears just a little bit, I think one of the things that I, I really want to speak to here, and especially just knowing you for, I was thinking the other day, I was like, Delon, I think we've met like five or almost six years ago, which is crazy to think about that it's been that long. But yeah. the, um, you know, I would love to have you speak a little bit about your journey to get to this point. You know, because a lot of people now, they see you, right? You have these new Instagram followers coming in. You have the articles coming out. It's like the hit star of this show, and which is fucking amazing, you know? And we're all so proud. But I think a big part that people miss is all the work and the grind and the, the letdowns and the high moments that, like, it took to get here. And I, uh, the reason why it's so important when I talk to people, you know, like you that are taking off in this moment is because sometimes when we're on this journey and trying to get to this next phase of our life or get to this goal, we feel like we're alone or we feel like, you know, oh, maybe it's not for me because it's so hard or whatever. So uh, can you talk to us just a little bit about your journey to, to getting to this point? Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned before, I always felt like this is what I was supposed to do, but along the way you have those moments of doubt that are like, am I ever gonna get there? You know, I think when I met you, I was coming off of having done a Broadway show, making my Broadway debut and doing Peter Pan Live. And like, you know, there was a, things were really quiet for a while after that. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening in my life. I, you know, I, I have a little bit of money in my pocket to that I've saved, so I don't really feel like um, I don't feel like a madman who's, who's completely broke, but at the same time, I feel like I don't know what's happening in my work and in my career and things that I want are not coming to fruition. And I felt very stagnant. Um, so there was a lot of that. I, you know, I, I came from, uh, a background of like in the music industry, I, I started a, a, a boy band when I was 12 years old with my cousins. And that was kind of my introduction to, performing as uh, as a profession. Um, but I always knew I wanted to be an actor. And so I moved to New York and studied acting here at a conservatory and graduated from the new school and um, things just kind of took off. But like there were there was a lot of there were a lot of starts and stops. And sometimes that can do a number on a person's uh, psyche and it, it can be debilitating because you think it's never going to happen. That thing that I've dreamed of my whole life, that thing that I want is so distant from me and none of the pieces are falling into place. My agent isn't calling me or, you know, the auditions that I want my friend got and I'm not getting called in for it. What, what's that about? And you just start taking, we, we, we take on all of this baggage that has so little to do with us and our talent and who we are um, and so much more to do with just timing and the universe aligning you with the things that are right for you in the moment. Um, and I recognize now as this is happening, how I would have not been ready for any of this, you know, years ago when I met you, although it's what I wanted, I was so not 
there. I was not prepared. I would have gotten on set that first day and not known what to do with myself. Um, and so I, the, the really beautiful thing about this experience is like being able to recognize that and actually say that to myself, because I think sometimes we, we delude ourselves and we don't actually, we aren't honest with ourselves about when we're not ready. Um, and ready, being ready doesn't necessarily mean that the talent isn't there or the gift isn't there just means like sometimes we may not mentally be ready or so many different factors go into play. And as this thing has, has, uh, has come into my life experience, I am, I was so prepared for it. Everything that I had done, everything that I had been through up until this point was preparing me for this moment. Um, and so that's what's really, really beautiful about it. Yeah, and I think one of the things, two of the things that stand out to me, you know, is the first one being this idea of preparing and doing the work, even though you don't know what's coming, you know, because I just think so many times about, you know, had you over the last, you know, couple of years or whenever there was the stagnant moments, had you just kind of let your guard down and, and not continue to work on your craft and work on who you are and kept going forward, then when this opportunity came up, you may not have even been able to show up for it in the way that you did, like you said, you know? And so I just always think it's so important for us to remember, like, even in those quiet moments, that doesn't mean that you stop working, right. you know? There's so much more that there's still so much more work that needs to be done um, for for your own personal growth or, to further whatever um, your personal mission statement is or whatever like you feel like your work in the world is. You know, this show, we, we finished, we wrapped production on the show. We have eight episodes in the first season um, and we wrapped production maybe about two weeks ago. Um, and immediately I started planning this a concert um, for... Uh, an organization called GLSEN um, that works to create safe space for LGBTQ youth in schools across the country. And so, like, I, again, that's one of those things where it's like, I've wanted to do a concert in New York for years, but it just never felt like the right time or the right reason. And here comes this show and I, I went to the Glisten Respect Awards and met some of these young people and saw the amazing work that this organization was doing for the young people. And I was like, this is what Ricky needed. Yeah. You know, this is what Damon needed. This is what Angel and Little Poppy needed. They needed someone to help create a safe space for them to be in the world. And that is what our world needs more of. And so it just felt like the right thing. And like you were, you were talking about, you and I were talking about a little bit earlier with you starting this podcast. It's like, it kept coming up for you. Mm -hmm. um, and I, for, with this concert, it just kept coming up for me and I was resistant to it. And I was like, well, maybe no, I don't know if like, I don't really have enough time to put on a concert like this. I've got like, six weeks to do this thing and throw it all together on my own. And I don't know how it's going to happen. And then I just started making phone calls and like people started saying yes. And people started saying no or not saying anything at all, but it all started to come together. And I'm like, okay, this thing is happening. Um, and it's like, you just have to be willing to say yes to life. Yes. To yourself. Yes. To the mission. And, uh, when, 
you'll know the yes is right because you'll feel it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I can echo this fully. And with any everybody that I know, you know, we sometimes have to let go of the vision of what we thought it was supposed to be like, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that was a big thing for me. And when you listen, and this is why I love that you talked about like meditating and pray, like, you'll know when you get quiet enough to listen like when an idea is trying to knock at your door for you to take action on it. And I think the biggest thing that you did, Delon, and even like me with this podcast, like the idea literally came to me in January to do a podcast for Black History Month. And that's in February. And I'm like, I don't, I've never done a podcast. I don't know how many. And so you can only, and I think what a lot of people do is we get stuck in thinking about stuff too much. Where it's yeah. just like, okay, stop thinking about it. Do it like take an action step. And it was the same thing for me. Like by the end of January, I had already interviewed 28 people, an Oscar winner, you know, and it, I was like, at the end of it, I was like, what the fuck? How did that even happen? You know, but it's like, right. once you let yourself be used by the universe as a vessel for what's trying to come through and stop thinking and getting stuck in your head and actually take an action, then the universe shows up to support you, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And Delon, so we're getting, I'm just looking at the time right now. We're getting close on time. I want to let everybody know that Delon has an, the concert that he talked about. If you're listening to this on the timing that it actually comes out in July, Delon has a concert coming up that we're actually giving away a ticket for on our Instagram page. So if you go to Motivation for Black People, at Motivation for Black People on Instagram, you'll see all the details about how we're giving that away. But Delon, can you tell people a little bit about more about the show, about what it's about? Uh, when it is, all that kind of stuff for people who just want to go and support and attend because it's such an amazing cause. Absolutely. So the concert is called Up Close and Personal. Um, Again, it's a benefit concert for GLSEN. And it is, you know, like I said, GLSEN is all about creating safe space for uh, LGBTQ youth in schools. And um, the show Pose is all about LGBTQ youth trying to find safe space. Um, and so we are doing this concert as a season finale celebration on July 23rd at 7.30 p.m. in New York City at The Cutting Room. It's a beautiful, beautiful concert venue uh, who's been so gracious to host us. Um, and it's going to be a night of music and a celebration of this amazing groundbreaking show and the characters um, and these kids who are just trying to self-actualize and like you and I are trying to find their way in the world and and make their dreams come true. Um, And so, you know, I will be performing my castmate MJ Rodriguez, who uh, if you watched episode six last night, which aired last Sunday night, um, she sang on that. She has a beautiful voice um, and she will be singing with me there. And we have a few other special guests coming in. Some cast members from Pose going to be there as well. And it's just going to be a really intimate night where we get to talk about some of the things that you and I have talked about, Justin. Um, but I'm really going to go in depth about my life and some of the struggles that I've endured with self-actualizing along the way, um, and figuring out issues surrounding identity and, you know, the politics of identity and love and, and what all of that means to me. Um, and, Mm. and how pose has helped to shape that for me, um, and helped me to become even more comfortable with all of that. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to kind of sharing with people some things I've never shared before. Um, and also sharing some music with them 
uh, in a way that I've never shared with them. Amazing. Amazing, Delon. It's going to be incredible, you guys. For people who want to go, Delon, um, we'll have it on our Instagram page at Motivation for Black People, but where can they go to get tickets? They can go to thecuttingroomnyc.com uh, and pick up their tickets there. Um, Perfect. They, Absolutely. Perfect. Awesome. Well, everybody, Delon, I, I wish we had more time, but these interviews, we cut off right around 30 minutes so people actually listen to them because we know people <laughs> only got a little bit of time. So we, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I actually just want to ask you one more question. Like for anybody listening who you know is out there, whether it's about trying to find safe space for themselves, trying to self-actualize for themselves, trying to become the artist that or just the person that they've always wanted to be. Is there any last piece of advice that you would give to people out there? Be open, be open to what the universe has for you. Be open to new ideas about who you can be uh, and uh, what the possibilities are for your life. Um, don't hold on to something so firmly that you aren't able to see the blessings that may be right in front of you. Mm. I love this. I love this so much. Thank you so much, Delon. Thank you, Justin. I really appreciate you. Yeah, and for all of you guys listening right now, thank you for taking just this short amount of time out of your day to actually do something that inspires you, that motivates you, and, and learning from Delon's journey. If you haven't done so already, make sure you go to motivationforblackpeople.com and you'll get weekly audio guides that we send out that were totally free that will help you live your dreams on your terms. It's all unapologetically black advice. We have guidance. We have tools. We have support. And you just go to motivationforblackpeople.com and join that community. There's there's already over 20,000 black people all over the world who are ready to break the system and reach their full potential, which is what we're all about here. This has been Justin Michael Williams, and I will talk to you on the next podcast. Mm-hmm.